how do you create something called the Rickshaw Live? You find a guy like John Geem. The Rickshaw Live is a pedal-powered live performance soundstage that specializes in launching close contact between music makers and a crowd, sometimes from a street, plaza, or sidewalk, or here from the Podmosphere, where we chat with the makers. Come join us as we roll with it. Welcome, John, to the Rickshaw Live podcast. To my audience out there, John Geem is a engineer that made this thing happen. And so I wanted to have a conversation with him about how it got started and then what happened next. And um, I'll just welcome John to the show, say hi to the people out there, and tell us where you're talking from. Hello, this is John. I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. And Looking back on it, in the fall, apparently around about November of 2014, I got this crazy phone call. Uh, this guy uh, wanted me to do something towards putting some uh, sound systems on this thing he called a rickshaw. And we discussed a little bit over the phone. It's kind of hard to understand exactly what he's wanting to do. So... He volunteered to bring his rickshaw uh, over to my place on a trailer. John, I'm going to interrupt so, you right there for a second, because before that phone call, something very important happened. <clears throat> and the, the thing is, what, what I had done is I had brought the old rickshaw that we call Ricky now from her uh, cotton ball location in northern Nebraska to Fort Collins. And when she rolled into town, she was in some pretty bad condition. But that wasn't really the biggest problem. The biggest problem is still the idea of uh, what I was going to do with her. And initially, I thought I was going to put Ricky on the streets of Fort Collins as a standard people mover, a pedicab. But what happened was I was sitting with Heidi, my daughter Heidi, in Ace Gillette's in Fort Collins, and we were listening to a couple of jazz musicians that we liked to listen to. And we were talking about the Rickshaw Live. And we, you know, we sort of said, yeah, we need to put this thing on the street as a pedicab. And we committed to doing so and had a little Chardonnay to toast the occasion. And the musicians stopped playing and came over and sat down to visit with us. And it was Matt Smiley and Kelsey Sheba. And I looked at them and... I said, I had this idea that maybe they could play in the rickshaw while being pedaled. So I pitched that to them. And as you know from those guys, they immediately bit on it and did the bad thing, which was to encourage me. And so with that encouragement, what happened next is I made a business card. And I carried the business card around for a while with a list of things on the back that needed to happen to the old rickshaw in order to make this vision come true. And the list of things was long and complicated and hard. It, it, it ranged from metalwork, woodwork, electrical work, 
uh, understanding of forces and vectors and engineering issues. And, you know, what I had there was I had uh, five or six job descriptions on the back of that little business card. So I'm sitting at Ace Gillette's talking to our good friend, the bartender, Ray, and I'm showing him the business card. And there's a couple sitting next to me at the bar. And the guy kind of insinuates himself over in my direction and says, what, what is this you've got going on here? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's just an idea, really. But I have this rickshaw and I want to, I want to, you know, make it so I can have musicians play while being peddled. And he says, well, what do you need? And I said, well, I need a, a woodworker and a welder and an electrical engineer and an audio engineer. And, and he turns to his wife and they say something. And then he turns to me and he goes, call this guy. And he writes John's name down on a napkin and I think he even had your number, and he gave it to me, and he said, call this guy, I think he can help you. Well, I didn't know. I went away, and I probably let it set for a couple of days, thinking one person could be the solution for the list of complexities that I have on the back of this business card. Well, I made the call. John took the call, and John said, that's very interesting, why don't you bring it over? And I brought it over. So Tim brought it over on a flatbed trailer that he had set up. And I walked up and looked at this thing and said, well, this kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, so you're wanting to put music on this. So I looked at it and we, the two of us said, well, we could, have some space down here under the bottom. We can put a deck down there and we can put some stuff on it. And this rickshaw original one came from uh, India and it looks like they took a regular bicycle and cut it off and bolted on this two-wheel contraption behind it that holds the uh, holds the seats for the passengers so we looked at it and said well okay we can do this we can do that so uh tim let me look at it and play with it a little bit and we uh, wound up putting a plywood platform underneath the passenger platform and we added onto that a uh, an rv battery and an inverter and uh, wired a thing up such that we could uh, put on this those things that we thought that would be helpful for us. Uh, we wound up, when we got through, we had, had an amplifier on there that ran off this RV battery. I think it was actually uh, the equipment we put on there ran off 120 volts, so we had to put in a, an inverter on there. And uh, we had amplifiers. We actually put some computer-controlled lights on there that would respond to music and uh, change colors as needed. And we put some monitors on the side so that we could uh, put some custom graphics and advertising and 
and information on there. And they, Tim had talked about this and what he was asking me for wasn't that hard for me. Incredible. To me, what would be hard would be getting the uh, musicians and uh, mixing music and everything. So it wound up that Tim and I kind of made a team on this thing. I took care of putting the hardware on there, building it up and making it functional. And Tim took care of getting some people to play the music and pedal this thing around. It's a lot of fun. And you know what it did? And, it, it was fun for us and fun for you, John, but you know who it was really fun for when we put Ricky on the street? It was fun for the players and it was fun for the people on the sidewalk that got to be surprised by that faint but growing sound of live music coming up behind them and then alongside them and then making them turn and look and whatever it was that was bothering them that day for that instant when the rickshaw live went rolling by with Ricky and her players, they had to let go of that thing they were thinking about and just flat out smile. And of course they'd scramble for their phone and try to get a picture. And Ricky just kept on going away at 1.5 miles an hour with her players playing for no particular reason, which is really the beautiful thing about it. So the Ricky Ricky actually accomplished everything I set out to do in terms of delivering the players to the crowd in a very high proximity way. But, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't long before I wanted, I wanted more from Ricky and I wanted more amplification. I wanted more room for more musicians. I wanted, um, more sophistication in the drivetrain. I wanted better braking, a lot of things. And through the, through the time that we had Ricky uh, as our sole starship, she gave us some twists and turns. Um, we had to completely replace the back axle and wheels with a set of uh, off-the-shelf parts from Main Street, pedicabs, and we had to replace the front fork, which folded fairly soon after we added an e-hub to it. And so we uh, we added an e-hub to the front. We had to replace the fork, which got wrecked. And um, we had the new rear axle with new wheels. And that was about as much as we could do to the underlying chassis to make it better. It was just very difficult to improve on beyond that. But... Uh, one thing that happened is I brought the musicians over early on in the process, and some of the musicians actually played with the carriage of Ricky in the standard configuration where the passengers are facing forward and looking at the back of the peddler. But, you know, that's not really where our audience is in the world of playing from the street, and so we needed to get things rotated towards the sidewalk. And so... I give it to John and say, how are we going to do this? We've got this, this carriage that is facing 90 degrees the wrong way. We've got to rotate this so the keyboard can be oriented along one side and the player can be seeing the crowd. And John said, well. Well, we, we looked at that. 
with the idea that they only had uh, two players on there. They were pretty much restricted with regards to uh, where they could sit in a very small area. And I don't remember the exact sequence, but I remember uh, Tim made contact with Main Street Pedicabs down in Denver, in uh, Denver area anyway. We went down there, we looked at what they had, and they had some real possibilities. In particular, they had, I think it's called a um, pedal pickup. And looking at that, we thought that we could take the uh, pedal pickup as a basic chassis. It had the two wheels, the drivetrain, and the uh, space for the captain up front. We thought we could make that work. Then I remember that, um, well, how big a stage area can we make on this? And I remember going out there in my uh, area in front of my shop in the backyard, and we set up some framework of about, what, about three and a half foot wide, five foot long, something like that. It was four by six. Representing the space that would be available. It was four by six. It was a four by six. Four by six? Yep. It had four posts and uh, four pieces of wood to hold the posts up. It was essentially a fence enclosure of a four by six inch space. Yeah, we brought some musicians out there and had them climb in there and start doing some uh, music and uh, find out if that would that would work would it fit and john we actually have a chunk of video that i will post in the show notes a link to that where we have um a drummer on the drum kit uh elise wonder on the piano and vocal mic and matt smiley uh standing up playing the stand-up bass all within the four by six foot block of the simulated stage and uh i got to tell you it's one of the i mean it's one of the funnest things that i've actually seen occur next to a wood pile in the backyard of northern colorado it's in fact we i think we called it the wood lot or the wood pile session or something like that but I think you'll really enjoy it when you like listen and look at what that what was happening there. And then you actually have context for what it meant for, to us as we were building towards making that stage happen on this pedicab chassis. So that was that was an interesting evening. And uh, when Tim got the uh, pedicab or paddock pickup. Uh, chassis up there uh, we looked at it and we figured out how to build uh, well the petty pickup had a base platform that contained the uh, necessary stuff for the petty pickup and then we had a chassis built above that uh, so we have a space between there and all the electronics and wiring and everything else I restricted to that space so that we left the main deck area completely free for the musicians and their instruments. And then we had to figure out how to get them in and out. And we put a framework around it, uh, around the perimeter, which holds the, uh, allows us to mount the instruments and microphones and lights and all that sort of stuff. 
and we put a uh, a gate on there so that it would uh, we could open and close it. Put some steps on there so they could climb in and out. But this thing is up high enough that uh, the ladies need some help getting in. And we are concerned about making things as safe as possible so that the gate could be open and closed, but yet it would be securely closed when we're traveling. And we made some provisions for the uh, bass player. So that when he's standing up, we had a strap around his chest, if I remember correctly, so that uh, he had some stability. And then we put the uh, amplifiers on the side and uh, we had a mixer, amplifiers. And on that particular version, we did not know how much power we were going to need. So we got a very quiet uh, Honda generator inverter and put on there. And that uh, allowed us to experience how the large number of people that we could demonstrate this to, how, how it worked out. And it's worked out very well. Uh, the current version that we have, the drum set is semi-permanent, can be removed. If we, if we have the drummer on there with this drum set, we can get three musicians in there. If we take the drum set out, we can get four musicians. So it should prove to be very, very versatile and fairly reliable. And uh, everything that is messy, we put underneath the deck. We've got the deck designed so that it can fold up and we can reach underneath there and do the work. Uh, next version is going to be a little bit nicer. Indeed. We're able to do it. No, I mean, it's really remarkable. Um, it, one thing that was really impressive, and it's still impressive to me, John, and I guess it probably comes from the the background, background of dealing with Ricky and all of her idiosyncrasies before, but, you know, the big rickshaw we call Rhoda, and every time I would roll Rhoda out of the transport trailer and start the generator and turn on the switches every time Rhoda works perfectly. It's unbelievable how you, how you created a 100% uptime device of that complexity. So, I mean, it really is impressive. I was so used to troubleshooting every single gig with Ricky because something was going to go wrong or had gone wrong or, or would go wrong. And there just wasn't any way to prevent it with all of her infrastructure issues. But Rhoda, Wow. I mean, Rhoda is easy to roll out, load and roll, and she delivers time after time. I was going to say a couple things about the, the on-deck stuff. So, you know, the, the drum kit is a standard Yamaha DTK450. We've got a Nord Electro 3 keyboard set and a Dean stick bass. And uh, we have a number of different headset microphones, as you can imagine, in this setting where there's motion. It might be hard to keep the distance between the mic diaphragm and the singer's lips and vocal cords a constant distance. So we just put headset mics on them of high quality, and that has been a good solution. We have a hearback system. Thanks to Behringer, we're using a Behringer uh, Air 18XR uh, an 18-channel mixer with digital output and allows us to do a hearback system to four stations on the rig. And the great thing about the Behringer XR18 is the mixing is done wirelessly from what 
Behringer calls the side of house, S-O-H. In our world, that's the sidewalk. And so the engineer for our performances walks on the sidewalk where the crowd is and mixes the signal from the sidewalk, which is about the best you could hope for and clearly would not be possible in a non-wireless age. So the ability to have the 16-channel or the 18-channel mixing board virtualized on an iPad that's talking wirelessly to the mixer on board the stage is really, it was, I mean, I don't know who Behringer made it for, but they sure made it for us because it works and it is amazing. And we've gone further with that. We've used the digital output from that mixer and that digital output was what was captured to make the show real. So that show was captured live while that three-piece band rolled around town, Old Town, Fort Collins. The dry audio tracks were pulled out from the digital USB of that mixer, taken to the studio, remixed, and put with the video to create that showreel. So the, the device, if you can call Rhoda a device, that's very impersonal and, and not at all how we feel about her, but um, what she is is not just a pedaled soundstage. She really is a pedaled recording studio and amazing, in, ter- amazing in terms of how reliable she is. A couple other things that's kind of neat about the uh, sound system on there. Uh, those of you who have worked with sound systems in a uh, live performance, uh, the audio engineers always go in there ahead of time and they tune the sound system for the environment. And uh, under normal circumstances, your environment uh, is, is, is fixed. It depends upon uh, the reflecting surfaces that you have, uh, the people that are there and such as that. Well, with Rhoda, uh, you're not in a fixed environment. You're going down the street, you're going down these uh, byways into these uh, patio uh, restaurants and such. So your environment is always changing. So getting a fixed uh adjustments for your sound system is almost impossible but you can take your system ahead of time and go through these environments and in environment a i use this configuration environment b i got that configuration and as you go through this known route you can switch in these different environments and tune your sound system to the environment and that is incredible that you can do that. Incredible. And again, I don't, again, I mean, I don't know who Behringer designed this for, but if they had been talking to me about this implementation of the technology, those are the kinds of features that I would have needed and required. And it's there. It's really amazing. And the, the other thing I know, you know, you can read the physical specs on that box. I am quite sure that you won't find anything in there about uh, its performance while in motion. <laughs> I mean, nobody designs any of this gear to be working while moving. And yet everything we have on that stage and under the deck works while the, pet, the, the rickshaw is being pedaled and moved and bounced over spots in the street. Uh, all of that stuff, it works. And again, I just have to reflect back 
on what an amazing engineering job John did to bring that about because it's truly impressive and obviously is, sets the stage for what now we know can be achieved in future versions of this rig. The uh, current system, we are using a um, generator inverter in there for a power system. But we did that because we did not know how much power this new configuration is going to require. Well, now we can characterize that. And it is entirely feasible. We're planning on uh, removing the generator and putting in a uh, battery and inverter system, something similar to what we have on the original Ricky. And so we will be completely uh, carbon free during our performance. And this allows us to go into these uh, byways here in Old Town, Fort Collins, and we're not going to be shoving exhaust gases in anybody's face. Uh, we can be able to go into uh, an enclosed environment, like if you're having a homecoming uh, celebration in the gym, we, we can go right on there with the homecoming queen and king. And uh, we're gonna be very environmentally freely, friendly. The other uh, thing got that- plans looking in the future. The other thing that, um that this this experience with podcasting has shown me is how we'll be able to translate live streaming to the actual moving live performance stage. And so when we come out of hibernation from COVID and the winter of uh, 2021, um, expect that we will have perfected a two to three camera live stream setup so that we can have these live performances go straight out to YouTube and Facebook and uh, we'll be able to remotely control the uh, the camera switching on the deck thanks to, again, all this amazing podcasting and uh, streaming technology that's been brought down to a really affordable consumer level. When you look at what we've got there, we have... Uh, We've been talking about the audio systems and such. Well, we also have these computer-controlled lighting on there. We can control spotlights. Uh, we can control the colors. We can control the amplitudes. Uh, we are also in, connected into the Internet uh, while we're traveling. We have the video monitors around the outside. Uh, we have had, but don't currently have the cameras on there, but we can put our cameras back on. So here is a full, full media uh, system that we can talk to the outside world and the outside world can talk to us. Uh, I guess you could just, just about say we have a pretty full wish list that we pretty much accomplished. I, I really think it's at this point, we're just putting some frosting on top. I mean, it's, and, and again, the thing that, Ricky and Rhoda do time after time. I mean, I might be contemplating the next improvement in audio and John might be contemplating the next improvement in some structural element. And Rhoda rolls down the street with players aboard and guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody knows. They see it. They hear it. They smile. It's the remedy for what's hurting them that day in that instant. And all we can say about that is Mission accomplished. John, you um, you know, when I have musicians on 
for the podcast. I always want to have them cite a a favorite piece of music. And so I, I extended the same kind of uh, question to you about, you know, what kind of music comes to mind from from your past and your childhood. And and John picked Rhapsody in Blue as one. And so tell me about listening to Rhapsody in Blue when you were a little kid. Well, when um, I was growing up in the uh oh okay i was born 1943 during the war and everything that's going on then was the big band era and i can remember uh when i was in grade school sitting in front of the tv uh, tv we didn't have a tv sitting in front of this console radio or in the traveling in the car and we had the uh, big band music on the radio or we would have the uh Amos and Andy comes to mind and a few other of these uh shows and we we enjoyed the big band music because that's what was prevalent at that time uh, we had Glenn Miller uh, and a few of the others out there and so that's that's what I grew up with that's that's what I still enjoy uh, I do listen to some of the modern music, but I really enjoy the older stuff. You know, you're, you said that about big band, and it made me think of uh, one thing that I've always wanted to do with the Rickshaw Live, and that is to have both rickshaws loaded and rolling down the street side by side with three or four on one, two on the other, and maybe some people on the sidewalk with wireless mics coming back into the mixer and take the big band on a roll. Uh, it's something we haven't done, but we have to do that when the weather gets nice because it is... That would be fun. That would be fun. Be completely within reach. John Geem, I want to thank you so much for the creativity, the heavy intellectual work and engineering that you've put into this, the uh, concepts about project management you've taught me, um, and all of the, the energy that it took to bring a host of complex problems to solutions and create this amazing pedal-powered soundstage that we call the Rickshaw Live. John, thanks so much for coming on the Rickshaw Live, and uh, I definitely uh, think we'll have to have some conversations as the development continues into the the version two and beyond and our plans for what to do with these starships in 2021 as we come out of our burrows and this pandemic gets snuffed out. Been a pleasure. Thanks, John. The Rickshaw Live is a pedal-powered live performance soundstage that specializes in launching close contact between music makers and a crowd, sometimes from a street, plaza, or sidewalk, or here from the Podmosphere, where we chat with the makers. Come join us as we roll with it.